Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Kuppa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at kuppa.com forward slash podcast. One platform, multiple use cases. No matter what business or vertical you name, there's always an opportunity to do things better, faster, cheaper, and hopefully more profitably. Industry and manufacturing, of course, are no exception and represent an area where automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and the concept of interconnectedness is having a massive impact in building more efficient business processes, higher quality products, uh, providing better information, and certainly better visibility into business in general. But what does that actually mean practically, and how is real-time location data part of that evolution? The following session is a recording from Kupa's Location Innovation event, where industry experts share their own thoughts and opinions as they discuss this topic in detail. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to Kupa's industry panel discussion in the Kupa virtual event series. Uh, my name is Seth Noon and I am the host for today's panel. I'm uh, by day responsible for business development and sales for uh, the Americas at Kupa. And if you've been participating in any of the other Coupa sessions, you've heard uh, from Coupa partners and enterprise uh, organizations, how they are leveraging real-time location data in healthcare and in retail and sports, to name a few uh, verticals. Uh, in this session, however, we'll be discussing the use of um, real-time location in industrial environments. I think no matter what vertical or business you name, there is always an opportunity to do things better and faster and uh, cheaper and hopefully more profitably. Um, industry and manufacturing, uh, of course, uh, are no exception and probably represent an area where automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning and interconnectedness is, is having a massive impact in building more efficient processes and higher quality products and better information and certainly visibility into the business in general. But what does that actually mean practically and, and how is real-time location data part of that evolution? And that's what I am hoping to explore with our panelists today. And um, on our panel, we have three guests representing different parts of the Coupa partner ecosystem. So before we uh, get started, let me uh, ask our panelists to introduce themselves, their role, and maybe a, a brief explanation of their company's focus. And Ron, if you don't mind, can we start with you? Absolutely, Seth. Um, nice to be uh, nice to be here. It's quite a privilege, quite honestly. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about uh, my organization first. Um, I work for a firm called Avanade. Um, if you have not heard of Avanade, that's okay. My mom hasn't either. Um, we are our global system integrator, um, really born 20 years ago through a partnership from Accenture and Microsoft. Uh, usually uh, people recognize those two names. Um, I expect most of our audience here today recognizes those two names. Um, so what does that mean? Um, at least for Avanade, it means we are a solution provider that focuses on Microsoft technology. Although these days, um, what is Microsoft technology versus what is not, um, the, the line is certainly getting blurred um, these days. Uh, so with that as backdrop, um, my role today at Avanade is lead our Canadian uh, data and AI uh, group uh, focused on AI and IoT solutions. Uh, a bit of background for me, um, as I've only been around Avanade for a year and a half, but I've got a 20 plus year long career uh, in some form of uh, data, AI, uh, BI, data warehousing um, through my uh, 20 plus years. Spent a significant portion of that um, in industry uh, with eight years at Coca-Cola or the Coca-Cola bottling organization, um, working in manufacturing or our supply chain, um, spent several years in a software firm, um, as well as uh, my most recent um, uh, tenure here at Avanade and some other professional services firms. So so that's me, um, Seth, back to you. Great, Great. thank you, Ron. Um, uh, Gonzag, you are uh, right next to me. So in order, why don't you uh, give us a little bit about uh, uh, yourself and, and uh, Yale? Sure, thank you, Seth. 
so uh, my name is Gonzag Vene. Uh, I'm in charge of the business development uh, in USA and, and Latin America at ELA Innovation. Uh, as you can hear it, ELA Innovation is a French company. Uh, even though we do have offices in, in America, uh, I'm, I'm based out in Miami, Florida, and, and we are also present in, uh, in Canada, in Toronto. Uh, so we are a company resolutely focused on, on innovation uh, and involved in high potential markets. Um, we work uh, on a daily basis with uh, global actors, I will say, uh, that needs to integrate IoT in their, in their industry uh, in order to be more, more efficient. Uh, our technology is made to, uh, to solve a lot of different use cases in uh, different industries. Uh, we work in healthcare, construction, logistics, uh, industry 4.0 that we'll discuss today is one of our uh, main targets also. Uh, when our customer uh, or when a customer uh, contacts us, I will say, uh, they, they are looking to improve their productivity and safety in their facilities and more than everything to reduce their cost. Uh, to do so, what we do is to uh, design and manufacture uh, beacons, um, wireless industrial beacons uh, for a wide range of, of applications, uh, such as indoor locations, outdoor locations. We we tend to to locate people, assets, equipment, but we also have a, a large range of, of sensors uh, in order to do uh, temperature and humidity monitoring, uh, motion detection, for example. So we identify ourselves as a, a manufacturer of tags, uh, trying to provide uh, robust casings, uh, long-life battery uh, with the low TCO uh, products. Uh, one important thing also to mention, so we are manufacturers, so we work uh, with a, a strong ecosystem of partners uh, all over the world in order to deliver our, our products to our uh, customers. Great, thank you, Gonzag. And Brad, uh, could you regale us with your story, please? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First off, Seth, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be on the panel. Um, my name is Brad Williams, and I am a sales director and business development focused here in North America for a company by the name of Ubisense. Uh, Ubisense, to give you a little bit uh, of background on a company that plays into all of our products, you have to go back about 20 years into the mid-90s, a little over 20 years into the mid-90s. Uh, the four founders who are still with the company today uh, were all part of a lab in uh, Cambridge University. Uh, the headquarters of Ubisense is still uh, located in Cambridge. Uh, but within this lab, uh, this lab was focused on sentient computing, which now today is also known as ubiquitous computing. Uh, which is where the name Ubisense comes from. Uh, and what that means is the, the, the idea that was built upon that has now become Ubisense in two different products that I'll introduce here in a second, uh, is the idea that uh, at some point in time, computers would need to have um, an understanding of an interactivity with the physical world um, in order to inform each other or form individuals um, and have actionable um, uh, business for the business applications that uh, the founders of our company were involved in. That lab shuttered uh, in the early 2000s. They all took a shot and uh, said they were going to build upon the idea. Um, so in 2007, the four founders launched their first uh, two platforms. They knew it needed to be in a parallel path. Um, those um, platforms are known today as our SmartSpace software platform. It's in its third generation um, and it's application configuration for location services. And the other is Dimension 4, which is a location tracking ultra wideband um, system also using GPS and BLE that we'll talk about a little bit, uh, I believe, a little bit further on in the, in the, in the panel. Um, but that's really at, at the core of where Ubisense um, started. And uh, today the four founders are with the company. We have over 900 deployments worldwide. Um, we are in nine of the top 10 um, global automotive manufacturers are technology deployed and three of the top five aerospace um, global manufacturers around the world. Great, all right. Thank you, Brad, I appreciate that. And thank you all for the, for the introductions of yourselves and the companies. 
So, um, Gonzaga, you, you actually mentioned it in your introduction. So the first thing I wanted to get started with was um, defining Industry 4.1, or sorry, 4.0. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The term uh, certainly references, um, as we know it, you know, the evolution and innovation of uh, industrial and manufacturing processes that have taken place over hundreds of years, frankly. But can you guys define what it means in your world, in your companies, and the solutions that you guys offer to your end customers? And uh, Gonzaga, since you uh, were kind enough to prompt me, can you uh, get us started? Sure. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me the, the lead on this. Um, industrial Internet of Things, uh, also known as, as uh, Industry 4.0, when it applies to um, manufacturing industry, uh, is a concept of integrating smart manufacturing machinery and advanced uh, analytics, I will say, to help make every industry more efficient. Uh, we do think that the main goal is, is to be cost efficiency. Uh, IoT dramatically reduces uh, the complexity, the time, and expenses uh, associated with traditional business workflows. Uh, now your question is how it applies to our uh, to our company uh, at ELA Innovation. It's pretty simple. Uh, what we do is to fix a tag on an asset, a person, a product on a production line, on a tool, and we track it. As simple as it is, we track a dot on a map on a real time. Uh, now. Having, uh, having said that, our goal today is offering uh, tag able to, uh, to work in a harsh environment with a long battery life. Uh, the, the, this is what we are trying to do on, on a daily basis. So this is where ELA Innovation comes as an expert, uh, as a designer and manufacturer of, of connected objects uh, for industrial use. We design products with very high autonomy. So some of our products can last up to 20 years. They are waterproof, they are IP68, they are robust, they can work in environments from uh, minus 80 degree Celsius to plus 200 degree Celsius. Uh, our portfolio uh, allows us to cover, uh, I will say a large, um, uh, um, sorry, a lot of use cases uh, with almost uh, no maintenance cost. Maintenance cost. Thank you, Gonzaga. Um, Ron, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, great lead-in, uh, Gonzaga, Seth. Um, I think in all of probably my perspective today, I'll have um, what we consider it not a very pragmatic one. So I think the audience understands, you know, the the broad definition of industry 4.0. So um, what I want to communicate to the group here is um, our approach is really getting beyond the hype. Um, I know that there is importance, um, and we feel strongly in this as well, to have a, a roadmap to getting to industry 4.0. Um, but our our you know approach to this is really getting started. So how do we do that? Um, you know, we, we've heard this expression a little bit of pilot purgatory. Um, so get uh, organizations and enterprises out of pilot purgatory um, in whatever solution they're trying. Um, and we've got some specific approaches to that. Uh, you know, certainly we focus on ROI, business value, and everything we do, as Gonzag had mentioned, certainly. Um, so of, of those pillars of industry 4.0, um, it's really, as I mentioned, sort of in, in my role here at Avanade, it's really focused on AI, and AI solutions. Um, and again, with a practical approach, uh, how do these um, pieces of tech fit into the broad spectrum of uh, Industry 4.0, um, and how do we bring that bring that to life? Um, so a couple uh, examples for us, uh, you know, around sustainability, um, you know, the, the tech around the, the latest buzz, um, certainly in grid interactive buildings, uh, you know, how do we make this a reality of, of interacting with some technology across the platforms? Um, but we also focus on uh, bringing uh, tenants and property owners together, you know, in a commercial real estate uh, setting to manage this, where, you know what, it's not really just a, a technology problem, um, and looking for value in how we'd manage that. Uh, when a building needs to shed load, it's really not the building owner. Um, it's ultimately going to rely on the, the tenants, perhaps. perhaps. Um, 
uh, you know, AI as a, as a pillar of industry 4.0, I know this is again, very broad. Um, uh, AI means uh, multiple things to multiple people, but you know, the, I'm sure everybody's using machine learning for predictive maintenance um, on pieces of equipment when they think they're going to fail based on how they're performing today, as opposed to some calendar-based uh, maintenance cycle. Um, uh, you know, we're doing some deep learning on image processing um, uh, for quality um, or, you know, taking a, a picture of a, a wind turbine blade um, when it's due for some maintenance and looking for hairline fractures um, in those things we've got some models for. Um, and then last but not least, um, why we're here around uh, Coupa, around IoT and really the the food um, for AI systems today in a manufacturing setting or a lot of different settings um, where we can get some some data, including uh, a dot uh, on a map, as Gondek says, for uh, uh, for where things are um, and interacting with those things and mashing up with some other data. So uh, again, just broadly uh, make it real, focus on some use cases um, and, and get started early with a vision for the future is kind of our perspective here. So. Um, with that, yeah, hope that hope that made sense. Seth. Yeah, that does make sense. Thank you. And Brad, if you could uh, round us round us out, uh, same topic. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Seth. I think a lot has been said here, and and I appreciate um, the uh, the approach of, uh, with regard to uh, industry 4.0. If you're in manufacturing, you've heard the term. Um, maybe even often uh, overused. It's the application of it um, and that uh, focusing on the fact that it's not a one-time event um, that's going to get you to Industry 4.0. Uh, there is a roadmap involved. There are different pillars within Industry 4.0, um, but really the, the principle behind uh, Industry 4.0 is, is to empower manufacturing companies to take all of their various systems of record and all of their various resources and, and to tie them together with the technology that are that's available um, on the market today um, to, to collaborate more efficiently, more effectively, um, to either increase rate, uh, to increase uh, first pass quality, um, all with a goal of improving uh, manufacturing processes um, and uh, manufacturing efficiencies. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that that makes a lot of sense, Brad. Um, I want to I want to maybe just tease it a little bit further, as as I think a lot of folks understand. Certainly, the people that are using Coupa technology with, that we're we're sort of laser focused in the the arena of real time location services and capabilities and that data set and providing you know the best most accurate dot we can. Um, that in combination with you know a lot of the other IoT sensors and the information that's available in industry is is in my opinion and I think a lot of people's opinion created a whole new real-time data set that wasn't um, available previously and I, I guess if we, we tease it a little bit further how, how does real-time location data fit into the solutions that you guys are, are are offering is it is it enhancing what what can you can you just give a little bit more of a blush Brad maybe since you uh, you wound us down, you can get us back in on this one. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll, I'll take the, the the whole comparing industry 4.0 to IoT. Is IoT industry 4.0 or is industry 4.0 IoT? And, and our approach uh, at Ubisense is is more so where we started. The four founders started the company, and and what do you do with location? Um, and and that really is important because we often talk about um, in in our world, uh, or at least the lens with which we look at solutions and talk to customers through, is that uh, just location by itself is really not that valuable. It's almost impossible to 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 get a clear and robust ROI on just finding things. It's how you implement the location technologies and what you implement it with. So um, one of the things that, that we talk about is um, the, the whole focus around industry 4.0 is building a cyber physical system. Um, well, what is a cyber physical system? A cy the idea of a cyber physical system is that um, a computer can know what's going on anywhere and everywhere so how do we how do we give that ability um to to a computer even to back up a moment why would we want to give that visibility to a computer and and in the approach and what, what ubisense has seen um in the 15 plus years i've been deploying location technologies is that um without visibility 
um, there is absolutely no visibility into processes and no visibility into processes equals invisible waste. And invisible waste is the enemy of rate, it's the enemy of efficiency. Um, and so one of the things, and one of the major benefits that you get initially um, by, by deploying and using sensing technologies to sense the motion and movement and interaction of objects, things, parts, assemblies, tools, in the manufacturing business is actually that ability to see your flow. And we, we focus and call that the data gap. And so a lot of times we'll say, um, not just say, but we, we apply the principles of um, IoT by itself will not get you to industry 4.0. IoT is primarily focused on the connectivity of in the insight into some piece of equipment. Um, the manual movement interaction um, and the interaction of, of materials and parts and people um, is, is really 65 to 80% of manufacturing space and companies um, are actually movement and interaction that's not tied into the local area network. So that's where Uvisense and, and where we really see location technologies bringing immense value to manufacturing is, is when you take that movement and interaction and you strategically bring it into the, uh, to the local area network and you give computers the, abil the ability to sufficiently understand, comprehend and interact with the physical world, um, you can start this idea of multiple use cases with one platform and, uh, and just continue to keep iterating on the technology that you invest in and realize your roadmap toward Industry 4.0. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Uh, Ron, any thoughts? Oh, geez. Seth, where, where to begin really on how we use uh, real, yeah, real-time location data uh, in our solutions. Um, uh, you know, shameless plug here, Avanade. It seemed, all right, I'm back. Um, I hit the mute button. Uh, shameless plug, Avanade.com for some of our, our solutions that we go to market with. Um, you know, I'll touch on a couple of them here. Um, we're really, uh, location is core uh, to what they do, um, uh, and that's around connected construction um, and a connected mind solution where uh, it is uber important on where workers are on a construction site um, and how we might blend that data with uh, worker biometrics, you know, to manage uh, fatigue or some regulatory compliance around safety or some supervision thresholds. Um, similar, uh, similarly, in connected mind, um, you know, especially underground mines, um, where location of equipment um, is important to understand any constraints in the system, where non-productive time is uh, is is very costly. Um, uh, so, you know, when when is a shovel um, waiting for a truck, or uh, vice versa, when is the truck waiting for a shovel? Um, uh, and we can see dwell time with real-time location tracking, as well as just tracking workers underground um, or above ground um, to understand perhaps their dosimetry uh, or exposure in dangerous environmental conditions. Um, a couple of other situations where um, it is uh, important um, but not core to the solutions. Um, we, you know, we have a factory of the future approach really to address the industry for for the for challenges, um, and it's an ecosystem of how we connect people, assets, buildings, um, processes through a, through a modern manufacturing facility. Um, and then certainly last but not least, um, as we get into digital twins of uh, places um, and especially campuses, buildings, workplaces, uh, and location becomes important when we match that up with a map for either uh, wayfinding or uh, finding locations or people perhaps in an emergency situation um, in a campus environment as well. So. Um, lots to see and lots to do in, in how we mash up location data with our solutions over here. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it. That's, uh, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ron. Um, and Gonzag, um, any, any thoughts yourself? Well, uh, I think my, my colleagues uh, summarized very well the, the, the point. Um, there, there is one thing that we see today is that it's very good to have tracking information. Uh, one important thing is that the market is moving. So uh, now it's not only uh, tracking high value asset at a given place uh, from time to time. No, it's really uh, tracking any kind of assets or people uh, anywhere in a real time. So, so we see a lot of technologies here now in the in in the market, uh, but um, definitely, I mean. 
the, te the technology providing, uh, provided by Coupa uh, uh, is, is the one allowing to have uh, this real-time uh, location and, and, and uh, I will say in, in, um, uh, with a very high accuracy. No? Uh, one other point that we see in the market is that our customers uh, tends towards a single platform. Uh, we are talking about uh, uh, locate people assets, but we can also bring some uh, additional tools. I was saying like, for example, with the, with the sensors, you can measure uh, temperature, humidity. So we're able to bring a lot of information to, the, uh, to, the cust to, to, to our customers. And it's very important to be able to uh, centralize uh, everything in a, in, a, in a single platform. Great. Okay. Well, thank you, Gonzag. Um, I know we kind of touched on a little bit in, in some of the earlier questions, but um, I want to open it up a little bit and ask you guys to give an example of, you know, uh, perhaps a client or a project that you worked on that's using real-time location um, and to, to solve whatever that business problem is. Can, can you guys give us an example? And I, and I want to be mindful of time as we as we proceed through some of the questions. Um, you guys have provided some awesome uh, answers and content so far, but um, any specific client that you guys care to talk about problem, uh, business problem that, uh, that that you were able to help them address uh, with real-time location? And, and maybe uh, Brad, if you don't mind starting with you. Yeah, sure, thanks Seth. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, there's, uh, sense arguably got their start um, in the automotive industry and tracking tools, which is something that we do quite often now with, with ultra wideband and uh, our dimension four platform. Um, but, but really where a lot of our, um, our IP is, is in our smart space software. And, and again, uh, shameless plug, plug here as well um, for Ubisense is that our smart space is sensor agnostic. Um, and, and often in meaning that there's a number of different sensing location technologies that companies that commit to location services um, and bringing that into uh, their local area networks will, will ultimately end up using. There's a myriad of them. Um, and we take the approach of one single application configuration platform um, that we use with SmartSpace. And one of the applications that we see often um, especially in online manufacturing and automotive or commercial vehicle, agricultural type machining. Of course, the, the, the tack times are very different between the, the, the various industries. But the one thing that happens often is most of those, those vehicles or equipment are coming off the line and they have some form of rework that needs to happen. And they really come off of the line and they go into to a black hole. Um, and it's very difficult in, in one particular application uh, that, that we help the customer with, and this, this has been rinsed and repeated a number of different times, is um, there's typically a cue that when uh, these vehicles or um, machines come off the line, uh, there's an inspection cue, and it's being inspected, and then it's being routed to the different areas where potential rework or, or maybe even just being stored in a finished location somewhere, whether that be outside. Um, well, it's when you get to specific production rates, it, see in these industries it's very easy to swell to the hundreds to thousands um, of finished product uh, just sitting out in the yard which gets extremely um, uh, expensive um, and just in in one particular case alone we came in behind a, a study that was done uh, by a company that we ended up doing deploying a, a real-time location system uh, to help them with visibility once these machines came offline and in their finished areas uh, they were able to, to, to take down their efficiency um, or to improve their efficiency just by looking at the process and, and free quite a bit up. But they had about, uh, they, they still had a bottleneck that was quite significant. And a lot of that bottleneck just happened in not knowing what machine needed to be worked on next, where the equipment for that machine was. So taking the approach of integrating the location technology in with their, max, uh, their, their MES system, um, as well as uh, with their ERP system, so you know where the quality notes were, um, and given that to the hands of their employees and knowing exactly where something was at, and exactly where the tools are, and whether they were available to do the specific repair work. Um, they were going through a production increase at the point just the RTLS system uh, was able to get them 65% um, of the way uh, to, the, uh, to what they needed um, in terms of, in terms of uh, throughput uh, to, to meet the rate increase. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great example. Um, Ron, how about you? Uh, yeah, thanks, Seth. Um, geez, Brad, you know what? My, my example here is going to sound super boring uh, to what you just described. But, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll talk about a recent one here for the group um, and live up to my promise earlier about, earlier about uh, driving ROI for solutions. Um, so imagine yourself uh, inside a, a, a very large manufacturing facility, 400,000 plus square feet. Um, there are seven production lines. Um, and about 16 stations on each production line. Um, the task here was uh, tracking labor hours um, for each of these stations across each of these lines. So the, the product being manufactured in this case, um, if anyone is familiar with modular manufacturing um, for uh, buildings, um, were these modules um, that would go somewhere uh, to a site and effectively erect a building in a matter of weeks as a matter of uh, months as it would take constructing it constructing it on site. So the, the organization was spending, um, you know, a, a tremendous amount of time just from all their labor, you know, 400 plus uh, trade people uh, across all the trades that you can imagine um, if you've ever been through a home renovation. So uh, plumbers, electricians, floors, drywallers, um, uh, final finishers, you name it. Um, they would uh, go in, work their shift, and sort of guesstimate um, where they had spent their time, which station, which module they were working on, which line they were working on. Um, so uh, we got less than uh, six months ROI from implementing an RTLS solution um, that automated um, where uh, Ron was, or Brad was, or Seth or Gonzag was, um, for any second of the day, and matched that up with the module um, where Ron, Brad, Seth happened to be for that day, and aggregated that for uh, the folks in finance, time entry accounting, um, and took the weight off um, all of the workers for this manual exercise that would take them 10, 15 minutes um, through the day. And by the way, wasn't very accurate, so they were looking for a much more accurate and audible auditable uh, time tracking for cost accounting for these modules. Um, again, shameless plug here. Um, we took this uh, out of Coupa, uh, up into the Azure cloud, um, had created a workflow, as I mentioned, for the finance team, um, basically to approve this, uh, modify uh, any of the records for whatever adjustments or overrides that they needed to do, um, and then uh, sent this on its way down to uh, Dynamics, which is Microsoft's uh, ERP solution. Um, so this was a great automated workflow, um, you know, as I mentioned, four or five months ROI um, in the implementation. Super boring, tracking time for people in a plant, but amazingly valuable and uh, built a bunch of use cases on top of that. So with that, I'll, I'll pause. Um, uh, it's very good. You know, it sounds like you know taking some of the the manual and labor-intensive kind of processes and out of the out of the hands of humans and allowing automation to handle it for you. So it's that's a great example. Yeah. Um, here, one. Let me, uh, Seth. I don't know. My camera here, like, uh, put my art hat on. Here's a here's a Koopa tag attached to my helmet. Workers were putting them on their helmet, their belt, uh, their boot. Um, uh, in this example, so uh, anyway. I, I was not expecting visual aid, Ron. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have an ELA tag on my helmet there, uh, Gonzag. Next time, um, very soon, very soon, I hope. <laughs> well, Gonzag, we've done a lot of interesting things with ELA. Um, any, any, anything you want to highlight? Yeah, yeah. The, there is one example that I have in mind, uh, and and it is a well-known uh, actor in uh, aerospace. Uh, the, the use case is pretty simple too. Uh, they were trying to track uh, tools and uh, small equipment in their in their facilities. So basically, they had three main criteria to to validate. So the first one, they wanted to improve, uh, I would say, the, the business, but mainly the processes. No, so they wanted to increase the operational performance of the, of their teams. Uh, they wanted to reduce uh, material and tool losses uh, in in their facility, and they wanted to analyze the frequency of the use of the of the equipment. So so that was the first uh, criteria. The second one was the efficiency, uh, improve material traceability. So they wanted to reduce the time they are wasting to search for the tools uh, and equipment uh, in in their site. They wanted to automate certain tasks like the inventory, for example. Uh, and, and two main criteria that was uh, pretty uh, uh, challenging, I will say. The first one was to be integrated 
the solution with their existing customer, uh, I mean, with their existing ERP. Uh, so you mentioned it, uh, Ron. I, I mean, this is something that customers are, are are really asking for today. And the second one is the accuracy that they were looking for. Uh, it had to it had to be less than three meters accuracy. So definitely, uh, like Coupa was the was the perfect option. No? Uh, the third point was the security, and more than everything, security of of uh, the data collected. No, they, they, they had to comply with some standards. Uh, as part of the traceability, so so we 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 had to uh, face, I will say, all these challenges in order to to install the solution. Uh, to summarize the project, it was a very fast project. The first phase, of course, the the, the pilot. Uh, it's important to mention they already tested some other uh, technologies before. No? Uh, so we had the pilot phase with 400 tags, uh, 18 locators, and we had to cover 1,000 uh, square meters. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk in uh, in square meters. Uh, I'll let you do the <laughs> uh, the conversion. No? Uh, in during the pilot phase, they had two steps uh, to validate. The first one was the validation of the technical choice, so the infrastructure and the tags that they were using, and the second one was the integration of the technology into their business processes. No? Uh, so all of this was was validated by the by the customer. Uh, finally, we roll out the solution. 25,000 tags. Uh, we had to cover 55,000 square meters. Uh, uh, so, so that represents multi, multi sites, uh, several sites uh, for the customers, and more or less 300 uh, locators in order to cover these uh, this, uh, this different sites. No? Um, it was pretty challenging. More than everything, considering all the environment uh, that 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 we face in 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 these buildings, uh, it was a lot of metal. It was multiple sites, uh, different buildings, uh, high ceiling, uh, approximately eight meters, and uh, uh, a very uh, high density of of tags. So so that was the, the I would say one of the the, the most interesting and and uh, biggest project that we have to. To install uh, with uh, with ELA and, and Coupa. Excellent. Well, thank you, Gonzo. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I, I was going to ask you uh, guys about challenges that you you've seen in some of the projects, but uh, in the interest of time, unfortunately, I'm going to have to fast track us a bit. And um, uh, so, so I'm going to I'm going to leave that one go. And um, in, in one of the other panels. Um, uh, one of our partners implemented a social distancing and contact tracing solution uh, for a plastics uh, manufacturing company. And right after they implemented the solution, the owner of the company noticed that there there seemed to be a I call a lot of activity and congestion of his employees around a certain area of machines uh, within the factory itself. And he ended up ultimately moving some of the machines around to improve uh, what what he learned after he interviewed a bunch of his employees, it was a bottleneck issue in their process flow. Um, and this, this to me was a, a sort of a great example of a secondary benefit that this business owner discovered after he had already implemented the solution for a completely different purpose, which was the social distancing and contact tracing. And which, which lends me to obviously any, uh, an investment in RTLS and an investment in IoT and certainly in industry, you know, you're, you're looking at, drawing as much value out of out of a solution as you possibly can but often people are fo focused very specifically on solving a specific issue or, or, or problem that's driving the activity um, can you guys uh, have you seen this kind of thing in your customers are, are, are there were there a customer a customer that you had that sort of discovered some secondary benefit that, that they didn't foresee didn't project for didn't wasn't part of the ROI uh, in getting the whole project uh, initiated in the first place, and and if you do, can can you can you share an example uh, quickly? Uh, maybe Ron, uh, you have any anything on your side? Yeah, Seth, I I call this the Bogo. Um, if you're in retail, Bogo maybe makes sense. So buy one get one free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now that we've got, I'll I'll go back to that you know example I used around tracking uh, workers in a plant for. Uh, what was the original use case from the CFO for cost accounting uh, for for their modules for their product? 
Um, and uh, we, we had built, um, because we came with a platform, um, some other tools for them. Uh, you'd mentioned COVID tracking. Um, that was that was the easy one. Uh, so what they couldn't do before answering that question, you know, how much time did Seth spend last Tuesday, um, more than 15 minutes within a meter of, of Gonzag? Um, that took them hours and usually they couldn't even get to the answer. So we built that for them because it was had already been built months prior um, for some other COVID solutions uh, they had. We also did the easy analysis around um, uh, line and station productivity that really was, um, I don't know, shouldn't have been eye-opening for the plant manager, but somehow the data told him a story uh, once he saw it visualized that um, he had not thought of before, um, to say the least, and we can drill down more on that, um, but in the interest of time, um, they uh, also jumped on uh, health and safety use case. Like, hey, hey, Ron, um, now that we know where people are, can we put some uh, locators outside? Um, because we run, uh, safety is top priority. If uh, everyone here deals with industrial and manufacturing settings, um, it, you know, the worker safety is of paramount importance. Paramount importance. Um, so what about when we run uh, drills? Um, how do we measure our uh, time to evacuate? How do we measure our time to muster points? And how do we ensure uh, people got out of the plant? So we we tweaked a couple things and built that for them. So, you know, there's always this BOGO uh, when we get location tracking on tools, on assets, on moving equipment, on people. This is easy, easy wins on top of the original ROI that we had built for uh, this customer. So um, just a couple of examples, um, but I'll That's turn the floor back to some others. That's perfect. Thank, thank you, Ron. Um, and, and Brad, how, how about you? Yeah, I can. Thanks, thanks, Seth. Um, and I, I really have to learn how to how to speak more uh, fluent Canadian. Ron just sounds so much better. Um, <laughs> I, I I think one of the things that that people overlook is we often uh, at since when we talk to customers, we talk about um, our data lake, and our data lake is location history. Um, and when you collect that over a long period of time, you can begin to see traits and you can begin to see some of that invisible process or process waste that I had mentioned early on. Um, so there are a number of very powerful uh, third party uh, ways to ingest um, location information and, and use that data lake to, to just do some continuous improvement and, and um, uh, in analytics. Uh, the other one that I would mention um, is the the offline application that I that I already mentioned. Um, one uh, we had one company that uh, has uh, kind of standardized on this solution worldwide, and what they wanted to do is they already had their their QA inspectors um, walking around with with tablets, uh, but the tablets were not connected to the location um, platform. Um, and they wanted to use the location platform to uh, walk up their their idea was they wanted the operator to be able to walk up to a specific vehicle and whatever vehicle they walked up to um, two objects coming together with different tags um, it would automatically trigger the inspection process and it wouldn't trigger the inspection process based upon wherever that operator was standing at the vehicle um, and, and that was a real short putt with the uh, the type of location infrastructure that they had already put in um, and a relatively easy jump for them to be able to build a tool like that um, that enabled um, uh, the, the automatic um, initiation or trigger um, of an inspection process. Um, and even we had heard, you know, in, in playing this a number of times, uh, sometimes there were even inspections that were happening without a person physically at the vehicle. I know none of us can believe that, but. Um, that was that was a pretty uh, pretty rewarding. Um, I like the analogy BOGO, but uh, I can't claim that it was necessarily BOGO, but it was a, a pretty short putt to, to deploy that and put the location technologies inside of the uh, um, the, the tablets they were using to deploy that. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's 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 terrific. Um, if you guys don't mind, I want to talk a little bit about integration, um, old and new technologies and systems and those, those sort of things. Of course, uh, um, in any industrial manufacturing environment, you know, there's there's potential for a variety of, of systems, legacy systems uh, that have been in place for years that are integral to, you know, existing workflow processes. Um, uh, and Gonzag, you get a pass on this one. Um, this one, I think I'm going to uh, point it towards uh, Brad and Ron, how, how do you guys 
um, work on integrating those new data feeds like location into these these systems. Uh, maybe maybe Brad, if you if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate the question. Um, I, I'd say if, you know for for Ubisense, ninety plus percent of our deployments are with some type subtype of uh, a business system of record, whether that's a ERP, MES, warehouse management system. Um, many of them, especially in the MES realm, are are, are homegrown. Um, I, I think it it really starts in in having products and platforms that are open. Um, and as I've already mentioned, our, our SmartSpace uh, location application platform uh, is open and it has the various um, integrations uh, that are needed uh, in order to do endpoints or uh, JSONs or, or any, any type of integration that really could be needed to get just the specific information that's needed out of that system into the hands of the operators going back to industry point four. We're looking to empower, um, and this is where really the the, the the location information um, and deploying location technologies really the the value begins uh, to to really become exponential is when you take that business data system data and you take the context of what the location technology or location platform is giving um, in the manufacturing environment and, and marry that or couple that with the with the information that's needed at that specific time for that specific process. Um, it, it really, really brings a lot of value um, into manufacturing operations. So uh, certainly um, deploying with and uh, in, in integrating with uh, location systems, obviously that's something that's very sensitive with, um, with, with data and connecting to those systems. Uh, but, but certainly that is, um, and, and often it's not necessarily an initial phase, uh, but certainly should be, um, in our view anyway, um, a, a goal around the roadmap um uh, for an organization to uh, to bring those systems a record and 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 um, uh, merge them with the location data that's very good thank you thank you and and ron i know systems integration is kind of you know foundational to what avanad does what, what what any thoughts from you yeah thanks it's kind of our jam i don't know if that's a canadian expression brad but... <laughs> <laughs> it's an 80s expression ron. Yeah. i know it but i do i do border canada <laughs> oh. um, so, so you're right. It, it does keep us busy day in and day out, um, and it's one of the reasons why customers come to system integrators like Avanade, um, certainly to deal with these complex uh, legacy system integration points. Um, and you know, Brad, Brad said it well, but I, I want to drill home a couple of points. One is um, focus on the ROI. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of these cases where you know what, someone might want to integrate something in real time, but we don't need it real time to get to get our use case to understand some value. So just be cautious of what might turn into a science experiment where it doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, but if in fact we do need to integrate with these things and we do, and it's hard and it's especially hard in some cases, um, uh, a couple of points maybe for the group here in the audience listening. Um, one is, uh, you know, find someone that's been there, done that before. I mentioned we're owned by Accenture, you know, 500,000 people across the word world, um, multiple acquisitions in all kinds of vertical spaces. Uh, we can usually find somebody that's sort of been there or done that before, um, and customers rely on that to ha have that experience and bring that perspective. Um, if not, you know, reach out to vendor partners, reach out to, you know, organizations that sort of do ancillary services um, if you haven't done it before. So nothing practical other than, you know, a bit of empathy here. Seth, this is hard. Um, yeah. And it's going to be case by case um, in these implementations because, as Brad said, we've come across systems that were built by someone that you know doesn't you know even walk the planet any longer. Um, and, and Great. Well, thank thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Um, so we're getting down to the last two questions, um, and this one uh, perhaps maybe a short one. I'm not I'm not sure, but but my next one is specifically for Brad. So you, you guys. Um, uh, you know, you've, you, all of you have told us about the sheer amount of, you know, uh, IoT sensors and data and industrial environments that you're dealing with. Brad, I, I know you guys have done a lot of work with ultra wideband, which to some degree could be perceived as a competing location technology and potentially redundant, you know, in terms of uh, location information. So I, I will ask the pointed question to you. What, why, why does Ubisense have Coupa AOA in, in the portfolio? 
Oh, that that is definitely uh, setting me up there, isn't it, Seth? Um, no, that I, I appreciate the question, and I and I certainly appreciate where that question could come from as well. Uh, you know, I I'll start this way. Um, our approach toward projects and working with companies is to help them achieve achieve Industry 4.0 and, and achieve um, operational uh, efficiency and, and more throughput. Um, we are not. Uh, an organization, nor has since ever been singularly focused in trying to do that with one sensing technology. Um, there's no one sensor that that does all jobs. Um, what we and in, in the experience of Ubisense has been uh, that companies that commit to bringing location services into their organizations, uh, they will settle on a myriad of different types of sensing technologies mm -hmm. and there are a number of very good sensing technologies um, out in the world today with specific, uh, to not avoid your question, I think we look at ultra-wideband and, and where there are multi-path environments, difficult environments, um, ultra-wideband uh, at times seems to be the, the right location technology of choice of where companies would go to do that, achieving things like Six Sigma reliability on an automotive line that's reliable. Um, and when you look at other areas of, of objects and assets and a high number of them uh, moving around in a facility like that, maybe even in the offline uh, application that I talked about or the materials and supplies getting to line side, um, BLE is, is, is definitely uh, a good solution for that. And, and you know, a plug for Coupa, um, certainly AOA BLE, which is really what um, appealed uh, Ubisense to, to partner and approach um, Coupa is one of the things that we do in our engineering lab in the UK is, is we test the different types of location technologies. Obviously, SmartSpace, our platform is agnostic to sensing technologies. Um, and, and we partner with the ones who we think are best in class. And we think the Coupa uh, BLE AOA is, is definitely best in class. Thank you, Brad. Uh, you, you are a true professional. <laughs> Um, I appreciate that that that, that candor and uh, yeah and thank you for for taking the question. Um, okay, so we're we're running a bit short on time. Um, so my last question: In a perfect world, um, we'd be able to snap our fingers and um, and and the benefits of any uh, new technology and data set that we're we're uh, have have available to us would be uh, uh, there uh, through a a let's call it a trouble-free implementation. And um, however, we obviously know that implementations require uh, excellent planning, cross-functional participation, uh, and great project management. So if we focus on the implementation of, of um, location solutions, um, are there any suggestions, gotchas, um, recommendations that you folks would make for any Anybody in the audience um, that's making an implementation, uh, interested in making an implementation more successful, um, kind of wide open. Uh, and any thoughts as we kind of close out our discussion here today? Gonzag, maybe you start with us since you've, you've been able to get a little break. Sure, thank you. Thank you, Seth. Uh, well, I think there are a lot of recommendations, uh, but to summarize some of them, uh, I will say the first one is very much about understanding uh, the, the, the tracking use case uh, or, or the problem to be solved uh, that, that the, the customer uh, has. No? It's, it's crucial to, to define a class of, of projects where our technology brings significant value uh, to the customer, allowing them to, um, to, to, to scale without going through a long and pain, painful uh, proof of concept. Uh, also, technology sometimes is it's is not enough. No, um, our customer uh, need a tracking tracking system, uh, but also help to integrate uh, the, the system into their into their ERP, for example. So. Uh, it's it's very uh, it's very important to to guide I will say our uh, customer into the different uh, steps that we have uh, for the in installation and uh, uh, in order to to uh, to do the correct um, to, to have a correct installation. No? Uh, 
and, and finally, I will say that the, 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 the pilot phase is also a good time uh, to, to calculate the return on investment of the solution. Uh, because this is where you see really all the benefits of the of the solution that you are using not only the cost but really all the all the benefits uh, we made a solution easier to adopt uh, by allowing uh, more assets equipment uh, to to be tracked and to bring uh, more knowledge uh, to the decision makers in the in the industry so that are some of the of the recommendations that we we, we call out great Thank you, Gonzag. And, um, and, and Ron, some, uh, some closing thoughts there? Uh, pile on from Gonzag. Um, you know, great points. I'm going to drill home. I think this is the third or fourth time. If I haven't said it three or four times yet, uh, I should have ROI, ROI, ROI. Um, Gonzag mentioned this just with find a sponsor. That sponsor is typically not uh, in IT. Um, I had a great CIO tell me one time, there is no such thing as an IT project. Um, so find a sponsor, you know, number one or number two on every uh, survey, McKinsey, whoever, um, Accenture, Avanad, why IT projects fail, exact sponsor. So find a sponsor that has an ROI, focus there, and use that as a building block for solving the next um, use case, solving the next ROI. Because these things typically, you know, BOGO, build on build on each other, whether or not it's a short putt, Brad, or a buy one, get one free. Um, they are incremental and additive to each other. So focus, focus there. Um, the only other thing I would throw on, um, it, no details too small. Um, and that, that goes to your great project management point, Seth, around, you know, what vendor is doing the cabling? When can they start? How much cable do we need? Is there network capacity? Is it, do we have the devices in the racks? Do we need a new rack? Um, what edge device do we have? What capacity do we have on that thing? What other applications are running on that thing? And the list goes on and on for these IoT solutions um, and AI solutions. They are complex. Um, they can be difficult to integrate as we touched on. Um, so no detail is too small. Um, don't go this, uh, you know, the first time um, without someone that's been there before, whether or not that's Avanade or UbiSense or ELA or Coupa, um, get some help um, if you're going down these paths uh, the first first time. That we can save you some trouble. Excellent. Thank you, Ron. And uh, Brad, uh, if, if you you can help close us out, if if you if you would. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Seth. And uh, I'll, I'll piggyback a bit on what uh, what Ron said, uh, the, the whole idea of finding a sponsor. I completely agree with that. Also find who your end customer is and really define what their problem is and, and build the tool that fixes the problem. And while you're building a tool that fixes the problem, um, look for vendors, look for system integrators that use modular uh, a modular approach. Um, you certainly don't want to invest in a, in a complete software platform and, and get functionality bloat when all you really need initially is visibility. Um, and I think uh, I would say um, in terms of pilots, you know, the location technology, if you're working to, to Ron and Gonzag's point, points uh, that they've mentioned here, if you're working with a company that you know has been around for a while that focuses on location technologies, pilots should be uh, a short visit, not a destination in the project, um, just to validate something. And um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much what, uh, what, what I'd kind of summarize. Cool. Or how right. I summarize it. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, I, unfortunately, that's about all the time we have for this session. Um, so just a couple recap points, clearly from the discussion. And by the way, I feel like I got a whole lot smarter um, uh, in this in this hour with you guys. So so thank you, and I hope hope our audience feels the same way. But um, from the discussion uh, with our panel today, we we certainly touched on how folks are using location services for manufacturing industrial environments, uh, whether the use cases are uh, asset people tracking, process improvement analysis, protecting workers' safety, these type of things. We also heard about how location services often, you know, start with a very specific application or problem and, and a business uh, that needed to address and how uh, businesses leverage location data for a variety of other productivity improvements within the business processes. Uh, we heard some examples of that from, from uh, uh, all of our panelists today. So that's uh, very exciting. 
and some guidance in terms of uh, kicking these projects off, making sure that you have the appropriate executive and IT sponsorship and, and making sure that your, your ROI is multifaceted. So um, I think all in all, just a wonderful session, great information. Let me wrap up by thanking uh, our panelists here today. Thank you guys very much. And we look forward to hearing more from you uh, and your continued work on implementing and using uh, location services in your field and in your businesses. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Thank you.